Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn. A lot of things to get to, including some terrific interviews. Tim Goodwin, the head coach of the 11-time state champion, Marion Local Flyers, on deck, as well as Ryan Rao, who's going to teach me a lot about disc golf. And I can't say that I knew a ton about it, but uh, to hear different things about the uh, sport and, and about how passionate this young man is, it, I enjoyed this interview. I hope that you do as well. But a lot of big things going on around the area the start of the first week of just high school basketball and a lot of games that are taking place later tonight and into the weekend. The one I'm most looking forward to this entire weekend, about 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon in Ottawa, It'll be the uh, Arlington Red Devils and the Ottawa Glendorf Lady Titans. Uh, the Titans survive from Thursday night, a battle at the Elida Fieldhouse with the Bulldogs, but that's only part of the thing. Uh, the deal that they have going on at Robert J. Hermler Gymnasium is it's Youth Lady Titan Day, and all of the uh, Youth Titans, whether they come from Ottawa or Glendorf or SPPS or wherever, Uh, The first 50, I believe, get in for free and get a poster courtesy of Z Sports Live and WZOQ Radio. But just uh, I've always enjoyed being able to see the future of uh, not only Lady Titan basketball, but when they do it in other places. I know Spencerville is building up on one and uh, some of the Mercer County teams do this. It's just so cool as someone who spends his life covering games to be able to look down and and I just saw this a couple of days ago at some of the faces of the freshmen and sophomores for OG to realize, you know, a number of years ago, they were a part of that. And they were the ones getting the autographs from uh, the Alyssa Ellerbrox and Danny Ellerbrox and the Katie Hemplings in the world of this is going to be us when we grow up and you're the reason why. And it's just so cool. It's kind of the fringe benefit of high school athletics to be able to see that. And I'm excited to go to Fort Lowry tomorrow night and bring in a Fort Lowry boys before taking a week off to go to Vegas and see some hockey, go to California, see some basketball as well. Carolina and Kentucky, Ohio State, UCLA, all in action as well as Utah. Get to see the Golden Knights play in person at the Palace. Spend some time with the family. There is a show that I'm putting out next week, and it's got a lot of terrific people who do a lot to promote high school sports in the area, and Aaron Gross of the Defiance paper, Jerry Snodgrass of the OHSA, and John Rawlings, who used to be here but now he's in Indiana, are uh, all a part of that show. And I'm excited for you to hear those interviews next week. I'm excited for you to hear the interviews this week that we've got as well. A lot of big things going on. You can find the... uh, a calendar of events for all the stations that I work for on their websites and a lot of great people covering high school sports is kind of the takeaway from the last couple of weeks and just continue to do good and continue to uh, be a big part of what kids need to to do and come back we'll talk about Mary local football because that is a big thing in the area and the Flyers with another state title you hear Tim Goodwin talk about it when we come back here on Around the Hearn.
Eric, what's up with all the new Buicks on the lot? Danny the Dealmaker, those Buicks are the hottest vehicles in the country. Enclaves, Envisions, Encores, people love them because they're stylish, comfortable, well-built, and do everything. And here at Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC, we make sure they're priced right so people can easily afford them. The Enclaves are incredible. Literally like driving down the street in your living room. All the comforts of home right at your fingertips. Danny, the Envision and Encore are smaller versions of that Enclave. Less money, but not less comfort. Our Lee Kinsel Buicks are an amazingly good buy. And they lease well, too. You bet. Come see us and drive one today at Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC at 650 West Urban Road in Van Wert. See what we have online at LeeKinsel.com or call us at 866-LEE-KINSEL. And as a sales manager in the pre-owned department, I'll make sure you get the absolute most money for your trade. And as owner, I'll make sure your overall deal is the absolute best possible. Lee Kinsel is your Buick store. Stop by and drive one. You'll love it. Like Chevy says, find new roads. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Talking now to the head coach of the 11-time state champion, Marion Local Flyers, and Tim Goodwin. I would imagine for you, first of all, coach, that's never going to get old hearing that. No, it's pretty cool. You know, like I've explained, you know, I was a coach's kid. So my dad took me to, you know, over to Massillon to watch, you know, games when I was growing up in the 80s and the 90s. And, uh, you know, I watched uh, a lot of those Ignatius teams and their wins. So, you know, to be be at the same level as them in terms of, you know, the number of championships is really cool. Do you feel like that maybe makes you appreciate it a little bit more because you know the hard work firsthand they saw? or they put in and then you were able to see and now you know the work it took for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, because of that background of, of you know, going to those games and seeing those teams and, you know, they didn't win them all either, you know, and they lost a couple in there. So, yeah, it, it made it pretty special. You've been able to get six since they got their last one. If at that point someone had told young Tim Goodwin, you're in about, eight to ten years, you guys are going to have as many titles as that team you were growing up, uh, you saw growing up, would you have called them crazy? Probably, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, who, who would have ever thought, you know, we would have, you know, went to nine straight and won seven of those. I mean, that, that's just not something that, that ever happened. Well, and it's kind of funny, too, because in a way, I spent a lot of time in the Cleveland area and, and understand how people think about Ignatius and it's interesting to hear them talk up there about you guys, and it's a completely different world in terms of how you put your program together and how they do, uh, because it's not like you have 500 kids to pick from. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same, but it's definitely different, that's for sure. Um, you know, they did it at the highest level in Division One um, as well, but, the, you know, they, they also have access to a lot more, lot more kids than what we ever would. I love the the interviews throughout the course of the season. One thing I've always been a big fan of yours is you're a very honest person when someone asks you a question. And you said earlier in the year, you know, I'm not really sure where our scoring is going to come from, what this team is going to be, but I know they're going to work hard. You don't you don't ever uh, kind of number championships, but 
is this one maybe a little more rewarding because you know, uh, or you didn't know, I should say, what it was going to be? It's, it's definitely satisfying, and, and not just because not because of the championship. I mean, because, you know, if that's all you're doing it for, it's, it's a pretty empty feeling. I mean, Right, that's what I was meaning, you know, because you, you know that you had to, you know, you didn't have the, the overly talented classes like you've had in the back. You had the kids you know were going to have to work hard. Right, right, and yeah, to to see them, and and I think the biggest characteristic of this team that I will, I will remember them for is just the ability to put things behind them and just keep playing hard and competing. Because you know, like 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 I said in a lot of post game interviews, that that was pretty much a microcosm of our season where you know offensively we struggled at times. We we I mean we should have scored more points than what we did, um, you know, but we didn't because we made mistakes and, and just didn't capitalize. And, and that, that pretty much was our whole season. Um, for the most part, you know, offense did not come easy to us, but our kids have the ability to stay in the moment and just keep, keep competing. Well, and it's kind of crazy, too, because that first, uh, the end to the punt drive where, Brandon, you get the penalty after he tries to punt, you get the touchdown coming after that. It's kind of the same thing you're saying. It seems like, all right, we needed that one little break, and then all of a sudden, all right, now we've figured some things out. We can go. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely helped. You know, even though we'd been there nine years in a row, we still had a lot of guys out there, I'm sure, that were pretty nervous um, because it was on them, you know. And so I, I think, I think uh, you know, that was a big mistake by Lucas, giving us a, another possession there. That's, that's like a turnover. You know, that's why we preach – you know, special teams, we don't have many rules. You know, it's like, don't, you know, catch the ball and, and don't have penalties. Those are our two rules on special teams and because they, they can kill you just like a turnover. And it was kind of a crazy thing, too, because I was listening to Marty Bannister on the sideline after that happened, and he was uh, talking about Lucas's side of that of, you know, he could see their coaches from where he was standing and he could hear some of the things they were saying and just kind of the, the opposite. He, he said – you can hear the disgust of he told them the two things. Don't jump off sides. We need to be better and you guys made him pay for it. Yeah, I mean there there are just certain certain things, you know, that happen in the game and I mean no one's trying to make mistakes obviously, but that was that was a pretty good sized mistake. Is that kind of a credit to you guys though that you're able to I don't want to say force teams to make mistakes, but you make them make decisions so quickly where maybe they're not used to it. I mean, it could be part of it. You know, we, we try to go out there and just execute and, you know, try to just hang in there until the other team makes a mistake because, you know, football is a game of mistakes, you know. And, and you know, I, another team that I watched growing up was Versailles, and I went to a lot of Versailles playoff games um, because my dad and Al Hetrick were both from Ada and they were friends from way back when. And Versailles would forever be out-talented, but they would just, sit there and play great defense and wait for the other team to make a mistake, and then they would make them pay for it. Kind of the, the one thing that I think a lot of people outside have said, that's a hallmark of Tim Goodwin teams where they're going to continue to work, and it, they don't care what the score is until the end when it gets to zero. They're going to just continue to grind. That, that's, that's what we try to do because, it, you know, you can't control a lot of things, but we feel that you can't control that. How uh, – how many days are you able to actually sit and enjoy before your brain goes back into next year mode? 
I'm, uh, you, you, you about have to force yourself into that because <laughs> as a coach, you're always looking forward, right? I mean, you're always, you know, just thinking about what can I do to make this team better and, you know, who can I put where to, to help them be successful and us be successful. And then, and then boom, it's all over. And it's, it's hard to shut that mindset off. But, um, you know, the older you get, the, the more you have to just say, we, we, we need to, you know, enjoy this and take time to reflect now because you, you never, you never do reflect during the year. It is kind of crazy though, because you guys essentially, and it's been talked a lot about, about the Mac that you're pretty much in a playoff game for 10 weeks just to get to the playoffs, the way that it's structured. So I, I can't imagine you have any time to, to ever enjoy anything. No, you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's always the next one, the next one, the next one. And I mean, that's part as a coach you, you love. I mean, there's all, because there's always another challenge waiting for you. But like I said, at some point, you know, you have to shut it down and say, Hey, let's, let's, let's sit back and think about a little bit about what we did and how far we came here. And let's enjoy this a little bit. What have the last couple of days been for you and the boys since Saturday afternoon? Um, you know, just for me, it's just, you know, just being grateful, you know, uh, you just, you just have those feelings of, of, you know, I'm just very grateful that I ended up at Marion local and, uh, you know, I, I have the kids that I have to work with and who came from the, the parents and the homes that they came from. So that, to me, that's, that's what I've been doing for 36 hours or so. How happy are you not to see that offense for possibly a long time? I'm not a fan of it for a couple of reasons, but the biggest one is it kind of handcuffs you as a coach because there's only so many things that you can do to that offense. And so... I mean, I'm always trying to give my guys an advantage, right? I mean, that's what coaches do. And it's, it's, it's really hard to, to, to give your guys anything to, to, uh, to really help them. I mean, they just got to sit in there and grind and take on blockers and, and, just, and just keep their head down, basically. So I'm not a fan. It was crazy, too, though, because it's one of those offenses where I think it seemed like you found out how – good and how disciplined your defensive line was more than anything yeah it was it was definitely a, a different experience for our d, d line and and i'm kind of a, a neurotic coach i mean i'm always worried about worst case scenarios and and so forth and you know th- these guys had me scared because you know this this would be like the equivalent of going against a uh, you know a stall ball offense in basketball you know where they're just going to totally take you out of the rhythm and they're just going to be content just to hang on to the ball. Um, and it just frustrates you, um, you know, makes your offense impatient. And, you know, it, it's like it gives a, a coach on the sideline just chest pain thinking about. When you got to the end and your uh, point total is higher at zero, you were able to just kind of exhale a little bit, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, I started to exhale a little bit up 21 nothing, and then they – you know the kick return for a touchdown then the onside kick and i'm like here we go you know so then you know it's back back to pressure so man but but like i said that's just how this team was well if we've known anything about your journey this year and kind of overall nothing comes easy to you guys i mean it definitely was that feel this year you know it's like yeah 
you know, we could have done that, could have executed that, but we didn't. All right, so here, here we go. You have a you have a wealth of talent coming back though next year. I mean, anybody who gets to start with what Peyton Nottie did in terms of gaining his confidence and his play, uh, you got to feel at least a little bit giddy about being able to get him back out there next year. He's a he's a darn good player, and you know we're definitely looking forward to him being on the field wearing blue and gold for two more years for sure. I, I said during one of the games that we were able to cover, I felt like. He reminded me in ways, some of Matt Rethman, where it, you, you had a feeling that at some point, if he was able to get his hands on that ball, and it was the run at Lima Senior, where, all right, he got ahead of the defense, and I saw two DBs just go, well, all right, see you later. Yeah, we, we put him in that role this year, you know, and as a freshman, he played defensive back for us. So, you know, we had, we had a you know, high opinion of him, obviously, um, but, you know, this year, you know, he had to play both ways and do, do a lot of those things that Matt did for us. Um, he's a little faster than Matt. Matt was really quick, but, you know, Peyton's got that extra gear that Matt didn't have. Which is crazy because I remember a handful of times where guys were nowhere even near Matt. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, there, there's a difference, you know, between being quick. Matt was extremely quick. Uh, his his top-end speed was good, you know, but uh, – Peyton's is a little bit better, so, um, you know, what what that translates on on the football field, I mean, who knows, but uh, I'm like I said, I'm just glad. You know, it, I don't know what we're going to be like next year. I'll worry about that as time goes <laughs> on, but we are going to have a couple, couple of days. Yeah, we are going to have a couple good players that, you know, Grant Meyer and Charles Hillsman and, and Peyton Nottie that we're going to roll out with and might be the three best players on the field in, in a lot of games. I have zero doubt that that's true. You guys always find a way, and again, so proud to have been able to to cover some of your games this year, and you guys, uh, a lot of fun, and I'm glad to see the hard work paid off this season. Yep, so am I. Thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. All right, take care. That's Tim Goodwin, the head coach at Marion Local, back with more after this here on the show. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Welcome back now, and I said a couple of weeks ago that I'm always willing to have anyone who will come on this show and teach me something, and for once, someone took me up on it, and talking to Ryan Rao, being from the area, being a broke college kid, as it was explained to me, which, let's be honest with you, that's nearly everyone, Uh, but Ryan is going to teach me today about something that is becoming a much bigger thing in disc golf. And I am fascinated by the entire thing. I know I would be as bad at it, though, as actual golf. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're See, both you as know. difficult as each other. Yeah, exactly. How did, uh, before we get into anything else, how did you get into disc golf? So, you know, I grew up in the Fort Jennings area, uh, the Putnam County area and everything. I competed in baseball and you know, golf and everything like that. So I had that as a competitive outlet growing up and just moving to Toledo, uh, you know, couldn't play any college ball anywhere. So 
was looking for some sort of competitive outlet and then just kind of Mark Metzger, another friend from the Jennings area, had a job at a disc golf shop. Well, I played against sports that sell the disc golf and we both got into it that way. And I found out that it was a really great competitive outlet, gave me something to compete in again. Um, and with a baseball background, it's like the easiest sport to take the fundamentals from to translate to disc golf as, you know, the throwing the sidearm and the, the hips, like hitting and everything like that. So I found out that I could, you know, pick it up pretty easily and it's gotten to be something I've gotten pretty decent at in a short amount of time. So I got into it just as a competitive outlet. That's kind of been something that I can do for fun and make a little bit of money up here too with leagues and everything like that. So. And I think maybe what you're leaving out is the fact that one, you're a pretty good pitcher in your day. It sounds weird to be able to say in your day. I know. Cause I did a bunch of your games and two, yeah. uh, it, that just makes me feel old. I'm not allowed to talk about that anymore, but you not only when you got into it, you pretty much hit the ground running and took off full speed into it. Didn't you? Yeah. So with being a pitcher, I think uh, that helps build a lot of arm speed, you know, coming from the day, I pretty much beat my arm into the ground growing up in high school pitching and everything like that. Um, so I couldn't really throw as much as I could pitching, but you're not, you're not throwing a disc as many times during a round as you are pitching in a game. So I could use those short bursts of energy um, for sidearms and stuff like that, building off of the foundation from pitching. And I think that really helped translate to me having a pretty strong sidearm in disc golf. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, it's neat, though, too, because you talk about uh, going through college and at the University of Toledo, Rocket Disc Golf is becoming a huge thing. Not only uh, kind of people getting hip to it in terms of being able to see it, but one of 34 universities across the uh, country that hit the uh, courses last year. And mm-hmm. that big, big push in March last year, you go from uh, Michigan down to Georgia and uh, kind of how did all of that come into play? Yeah, so um, Aaron Chalkowski, another one of my great friends up here, we were both going to the University of Toledo, and we were both really into disc golf, and he approached me with the idea of you know, starting a club, and I said, absolutely, let's, let's do it. So he's put in so much of the legwork and you know, talking to the necessary parties that are involved in all of it, and we both you know, just did as much as we could to get it running, and becoming an official club in October of... 2018, we, you know, scrambled. We played in um, a tournament ran by Ferris State, who is a perennial, you know, powerhouse in disc golf, if, if there is one. Um, <laughs> so we went up, played a tournament there. We qualified for nationals. So now we're looking at, okay, we're eligible to make a trip down to um, Appling, Georgia to play in nationals, but we don't have any money as a club. Um, you know, the universities have Welcome to college, son. Oh, exactly. Is that how it went when, you're, been, when you talked to your dad? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, you don't have the money to give you. So <laughs> kind of make it work on your own. Um, so I guess in, in, in that regard, we kind of went to the disc golf community in Toledo. We said, hey, listen, um, we started a club. We have an opportunity to go play on the national scene, play against colleges from Oregon, um, Alabama, Cincinnati, just all over the nation. Like almost 40 teams came and we were able to you know raise money from our, our community and the gracious support of our community and um, make the trip down there, raising like $1,000 in less than 30 hours, which was, which blew our mind. Um, just the, uh, like the amazing amount of support that we got from them. So we were able to go down there, spend five, six days down there, compete, soak up the, you know, Georgia March weather, which is a lot better than Ohio at that time. That's for sure. 
Um, and yeah, we, we, we placed 22nd, I think, which as a team that wasn't even, that didn't even exist six months before that, we were really happy with it. And we're eager to take that into next year as our team has went from five people our first year <laughs> to now we have almost 20. And that's been huge for us. We didn't even expect the amount of people to come out this next year. And it's been something that, you know, we've had to work on managing, hey, how can we, now that I'm graduating and Aaron, who also started it, now that we're both graduating, how we hand this off to the next people to hopefully continue this to grow. So we're kind of in the middle of that right now. Well, it's a neat thing, too, because back in October, you get the Rocket Disc Golf Collegiate Open in Toledo. And uh-huh. I love reading the results. You had 20 people in the general category and then three uh-huh. women in the advanced women category. And that's, you know, that's pretty big eh, considering that you're not even a year old at that point to not only be able to have your own open, but you've got both men and women competing in it. Yeah. So, in our, you know, um, all these universities are pretty much up to their own for running events and everything like that. And we were able to hold an event at the course near us and we were able to, you know, draw in, competitors from a couple different universities, mostly Ferris State. And, you know, there's actually even conferences within college disc golf, and that's kind of uh, our, our conference is the Great Lakes Conference, which includes us, Ferris State, Central Michigan, I think Western Michigan even. And what we're seeing now is even more universities popping up with these clubs, and we're trying to integrate them into this whole structure and conference too. And with us to get 20 competitors out of just a couple colleges, I think really speaks to where college disc golf is. I mean, there's the, there's the want for it. It's just kind of how do we manage growing this to where it can be something bigger than it is. And I guess everybody at the ground level at these universities, it's in their hands to kind of dictate where it goes. And it, it's just as fun as it is, I guess, scary. You told me beforehand about a little bit about it's more structured now, and it was just kind of a loose agreement before. But how much has the game grown just since – uh, either the time that you were in college or the time since you found it. Yeah. So um, before I even um, went to college, being from Fort Jennings, to be honest, I'm, I didn't even really hear about disc golf. I kind of knew that it was a thing, but I'd never even given it a thought. And even since I've been playing, I, I picked up my first disc, I think in August of 2016, something like that. And so even since I started playing, there's been um, huge pushes on the professional side because there's even – professionals that do it you know for their living and the increase of professionalism on that side where the players are now not just wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt playing in tournaments i mean they're they're playing in khakis and polos in front of hundreds of people in a gallery on the big tournaments that's kind of trickled down to every aspect of disc golf even the smaller organizations like college disc golf um it wasn't as structured before but now as there is a push for more professionalism on the professional side you know College disc golf has kind of had to do that too with gaining more structure. And um, I, I got to speak to John Baker, who's the director for college disc golf, and he, he said the exact same thing how just how the increase of professionalism has kind of forced everybody to kind of adopt the same mindset and um, tighten it up, you know, more guidelines, more structure, more organization. Um, so that's kind of where it is. Um, it's grown exponentially even since I found it three years ago. I know when I when I first signed up for my professional disc golf membership, I was um, like number 94394. So there were still under 100,000 members three years ago. And then even in that time, there's been an uptick to almost 150,000. So, I mean, this, uh, the memberships are growing exponentially, and I think the sport is as well. 
where do you see yourself going with the sport? Oh man, that is a very, <laughs> that's a pretty um, interesting question because, um, you know, it's, I've, I've only been playing for about three years, but I've gotten to a point where I can be pretty competitive. And just with any sport, the difference between being a good local player in any sport and being, you know, a competitive professional is just refining certain aspects of your game. But I think I have a pretty good foundation of, of athletic sports and, and sports um, experience to be able to just refine certain parts of my game. And I would love to <laughs> do it professionally one day. And I think that I honestly can, but it's just, you know, juggling life and the sport. <laughs> because like, like I told you before, like being a professional disc golf player just isn't financially feasible without the financial support of a disc golf manufacturer or brand. And so, you know, juggling uh, life and also your career and the sport that you love that doesn't pay very good. It's kind of one of those passion things to where you know that you're not going to get rich off of it, but you do it just because you love it. That's kind of where I am right now. Um, but, you know, as life goes on, who knows what can come as, you know, I get better or the sport changes. So I guess we will see. Time will tell, I guess. <laughs> it is kind of crazy, too, because I was looking at your seven wins and the groups that you've played in in the, the PD, PDGA numbers. And one of, you know, you have a couple that are in the 90,000s, the 80,000s, and then. There's exactly what you were talking about. Logan Burrow is 126,000 and change, and it, that's that's terrific to see the game grow yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and what we're seeing, too, is that when, when I first started playing in 2016, I was, what, like 21? And so I was known as Stop one of the younger it. guys in the group because, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I was known as one of the younger guys in the group because I guess the Toledo area has a lot of the older guys. But now, now that I'm playing, there are so many kids that are around that 21 to 24 year age, like, like, like my age, so many more come out of the woodwork just because I think the sports exposure has exploded and Logan Burrow, he's been playing for like less than two years and he's so fun to watch play because he's raw. He just started, but I mean, he's got everything it takes to compete in the same division that I do. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how fast people grasp this golf and how seriously addicting it is to where, I mean, I've played tournaments in six inches of snow and it's 15 degrees out. Um, I mean, it's something to where you don't, you don't understand it unless you do it. <laughs> so it's, it's been a very, you know, awesome, even just being in the sport for three years to see where it's come. I, I, don't, I don't even know what it would be like to have been in the sport for 20 years to see where it's gotten. It has to be mind-blowing. Well, hopefully when you hit your 20-year mark, you'll be looking back going, <laughs> wow, this wasn't the big thing that it is right now. Oh, gosh, yeah, and... You know, I've, I've even went as far as running some tournaments myself. Um, and, and, you know, I ran a tournament with Bedford Hills Country Club up here in Toledo. And just, I guess, the, the want for tournaments and, and places to play on manicured um, properties. You know, because disc, disc golf courses are usually centered around a city park or somebody's or a metro park. But for me to, you know, work with them to provide a course on a golf course, was something that people loved, and I had so so much success with that, and I, and I want to do it year after year. And, you know, it's just something that I, I want to have a part in growing the sport while it's still kind of at its infancy, because I really think that it is. I don't think it's reached its potential at all. And I think if I can have any hand in growing the sport in any way I can, being able to look back after 20 years knowing that I had a part in, in taking it to where it could, could be is something that, I, that that's more important to me 
I think, than even ever playing professionally. If I can just increase the exposure and get more people playing the game, period, means more than I guess ever any achievements on the course. If people want to follow along with your journey online, how do they do that? Um, yeah, so Rocket Disc Golf, I guess we haven't really touched too much on it, but yeah, we are in the middle of our season. Not really in the middle, but it's kind of like a late fall thing and then a spring thing, especially where we are with the weather. But um, we've already qualified for nationals, so we'll be going to South Carolina here next May, I do believe. And you can follow Rocket Disc Golf on Instagram and Facebook and everything like that. And then me personally, I mean, it's kind of hard to follow somebody um, with disc golf just because it, there's no trackers, kind of like there are other sports. But, I mean, if you go on the PDGA website, that's Professional Disc Golf Association, type my name in and my profile will come up. It tracks all my tournaments and, and wins and stuff like that. So check that out, I guess. Um, but, yeah, we're us as Rocket Disc Golf, we're kind of just trying to push and, and get more members and create sustainability and, you know, the new group to carry us into the future to keep it going. Um, so, yeah, I guess the next thing you'll be hearing about from us, now that we're, we're kind of working and practicing in the off-season um, in Toledo's indoor facility, but we're just trying to get better so next year in the spring we can kind of hit the ground running and compete to where, you know, we're not rusty. We're, we're just running right into the competition. Um, and hopefully, as our second year, we, we aim for a top-10 finish because we really, really think that that's within um, what we can do and that'll be happening in May and hopefully we can do that for them because everybody supported us so graciously up in Toledo and even some of my family back home in, in Jennings and Putnam County um, and we just would love to have something to show for that you know not just be a, a college club that takes everybody's <laughs> takes people's fundraising money and you know I mean we're okay with that <laughs> yeah no but you know we would love to have something to show and something of note to show people that hey you're supporting a club that it can, you know, can do things that we compete. You know, we're not just a bunch of scrubs, I guess. <laughs> well, I thank you so much and uh, for teaching us, and especially me, about uh, yeah. your world. And, and I, I wish you guys the absolute best of luck. Well, thanks, Mike. I know I, I, I love talking about this golf whenever I can. And um, I'd love for you to, ha- or, you know, I thank you for having me on so I can talk to people about it, I guess. Well, hopefully we can have you back on when it gets, well, really, when it gets warmer outside and you guys get closer to heading down south. Absolutely. I'd love it. That is Ryan Rao telling me all about disc golf and about the program at the University of Toledo. We've got more when we come back here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866 lee Kinsel. 
And a big thanks to Lee Kitzel and Eric McCracken for uh, their sponsorship of the show and helping me bring you a look at high school and local college athletics. And boy, oh boy, are we blessed to have a, a terrific look at the uh, area. So many kids, and I just uh, talked to John Rawlings about this for next week's episode about how he tried to keep up with the amount of kids being covered in the area. And from time to time, I, I have a list. I try to add to that list, try to change that list. But if you have someone you would like to hear me talk about on the show or be on this show, you can reach out and find me on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP or uh, Facebook.com slash Michael Hearn PBP and tell me exactly who you'd like to hear. The 14th ranked Dayton Flyers men's basketball team, Ryan Mikesell and St. Henry out to a 7-1 and record. Their only loss in the Maui Invitational Finals. Saturday, they take on Drake. I'm told it's not the rapper. That would be an interesting matchup, but Ryan could probably put him in his place. University of Finley women well represented at 5-4 and four on the year. They sit, though, on a three-game winning streak, 2-0 and oh in the conference. They take on Hillsdale on Saturday. Bridget Landon and Paige Bellman, the stalwarts for that squad, and Landon, nearly 10 points a game at 9.6. Averages 8.7 rebounds, leads the team. Bellman right behind her in terms of rebounding and second on the team at 8.4, but averages 10.1 points per game. Big reason why Finley is at to 5-4. and four. And Kind of a special thing on Tuesday night, it'll be uh, Finley taking on Urbana. And if you want to hear that game, it'll be at Z Sports Live 3. You can find that online at zsportslive.com. Nate Stidham will have all the action from Urbana. And if I was not going to be in Vegas that night, watching the Golden Knights play, I would be at that game because it'll be the uh, two Putnam County girls squaring off against Casey Knippen and Urbana. Urbana sits at 6-4 and four right now, 3-2 and two in their conference before they take on Davis and Elkins on a Saturday at 2 p.m. Take a look at what they have so far. Casey at 4.3 points per game, handing out three assists. Kami McEldowney out of her sales. It's about seven points a game on the season. Other uh, college kids in the area, we know all about X Simpson, the fifth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. 8-2 and two on the year, taking on Oregon at 12 o'clock on Saturday. Coming off of a loss to Illinois that, again, you'll hear it. It'll be kind of backwards, but you'll hear John talk about next week. Michigan fans are not all that thrilled about. They beat up on my Tar Heels, and X uh, having a terrific year up there for UM. Cole Frilling out of cold water at Case Western Reserve University in the greater Cleveland area. They sit at 5-3 and three right now. And this is not a bad way to spend the pre-holiday week. If I wasn't going to Vegas, I'd be jealous about this. Wednesday and Thursday, they play in the Hoop MIA Holiday Slam in Miami, Florida, before they come back home to the Cleveland area for the holidays. Nine rebounds, or 9.6 rebounds a game for the uh, Coldwater Cavalier. And I love this story. Courtney Pranger from uh, Minster plays at Xavier. Musketeers not off to a great start, 1-7 and seven on the year, but they take on at Cincinnati at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Courtney so far about 3 points and 3 rebounds a game for X, but there is a caravan of folks heading down from uh, Putnam County, specifically from Ottawa. Melanie Moore, the uh, head coach at Xavier, going down to see her and, again, rooting for Courtney Pranger because, well, she plays for Xavier. 
maybe a couple of UC folks in that group, but for the most part, probably rooting on uh, the Musketeers. Ohio State's off to a blazing start at 9-0. They take on Minnesota at the barn on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Justin Arns River Sales is seven games so far that he's played in, averaging three and a half points a game. The uh, local contingent continues to grow in Finley. Marion Locals, Nathan Bruns, along with LB's Anthony Master Lasco and uh, Wayne Trace product Ethan Linder off to a 4-4 four and four start. They've won three in a row. They go to Hillsdale on Saturday. Bruns at 11 points a game. Master Lasco right behind him at 10.8. Ethan Linder at 9.6 has helped fuel that resurgence. Keeping with the boys' basketball theme, Dantes Walton out of Lima Central Catholic in Northern Kentucky University. Third straight Conference Player of the Week award for the 7-3 uh, Norse who take on Illinois State on uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. That game on Fox Sports Ohio. 18.5 points a game for Dantes Walton. 7.3 rebounds has become a monster for NKU. And hopefully it continues as they uh, go along during their season. Girls basketball, Bowling Green State University out to a 5-3 and three start. They are in Milwaukee on Saturday at 1 p.m., and then they go to Chicago to take on Loyola. Katie Hempfling at 9 points, 9 rebounds, leads the team in assists. Rion Thompson out of Lima Senior, second on the team in scoring at 14.9 points per game. And St. Francis with Alexis Turbin and Whitney Will, averaging about 6 points a game combined for a team that's 9-2. and two. And a big challenge in front of them on Monday afternoon. They're in Lakeland, Florida to take on second-seeded and second-ranked Southeastern University. Just a small smattering of uh, the uh, kids in the area doing big things. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Again, next week, a uh, star-studded cast. That'll include the head of the OHSAA and uh, Jerry Snodgrass. Good conversation with him as it always is, get a chance to talk to him, and he provides his insights about exactly what is going on in Columbus. And I jokingly said, and you'll hear it next week, about spending a day up down there. Well, it might happen. Aaron Gross, Jerry Stockgrass, and John Rawlings next week on the program from Las Vegas. Stay warm and enjoy your week. Hopefully, you have learned some things. Big thanks again to our guests for this week and Ryan Rao and... Uh, the uh, head coach of the 11-time state champs and Tim Goodwin from Marion Local. Thank you for listening wherever you are and wherever that you might be. Come back next time when we go around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.